something, I know something, I know we've been here before Cast you out and then you haunt my shit and leave me furthermore In the dark, but this pressure isn't over yet, my dear Call on God, baby, tires and cars, deliver me from fear I know something, she says something, R is yellow, white and red I keep waiting, smoking, praying that I won't fall out again, I know Listening to KBOO Portland. The time is 6 1, and you all know it. It is the first Wednesday of the month, which means Mary Postal Wait is in the house. Kitchen table conversation is next, and it will be followed by Keeping It Real. So stay tuned, folks. This is going to be a great evening. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Kibu is excited to be part of the 2018 Willamette Week Give Guide. Yeah. This year, Willamette Week and Kibu are challenging our community to give with their dollars and take action by showing up in real life. Kibu has been showing up for over 50 years. Give to Kibu today and you get full access to the Chinook Book app plus freebies from Laughing Planet gluten-free gem, we yeah. press, and Nosa Familia coffee. You can contribute right now at kboo.fm slash give or call 503-231-8032. Support KBU where music makes the movement. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What's up, KBOO listeners? This is Micah Murphy, Yuhuru Sasa president at the Oregon State Penitentiary at our 2018 annual poetry share. As long as the earth is cracking from oil fracking, CIA practice tracking with drones over civilian homes, we losing. As long as the police still squeeze when we scream, hands up! Don't shoot! We're losing! What we're doing today is, is bringing those dark corners, those things, those feelings, those emotions, those expressions to light. Yes, it's therapeutic, but not only for the person reciting, but for the person hearing as well. Make sure y'all tune in to Prison Pipeline November 12th at 6.30 p.m. Cheer! Got me praying to the Lord for better days and deep discernment. I'm not nosy, I'm observing. I acknowledge I ain't perfect. Trying to turn the other cheek and trying to be the bigger person. But it's easier to say it's all reflecting in my head. No more dwelling on the past and being worried about what's next. It's like I'm on my last breath in. With a noose around my neck and, and it's A and A to reach this age. It really is a blessing. Oppression and depression got me stressing with this lesson. Is God trying to tell me something? If he is, then what's the message? I'm trying to get this money for my brother who's a college kid. Crying to myself like, thank the Lord God he really did it. Leading by example was hard and plus I dated women taught them all I know when two years later I'm an auntie figure now what's the difference if I'm sending in this contradiction trying to right my wrongs but I go left and miss the whole picture hazy vision cause I'm blazing hanging in the trenches praying that I make it yet still living in the same conditions that's far fetching double minded having double standard double temptation in my face my kryptonite is damaged they say if you knew better you would do better but I know I'm still living up and do whatever My daddy's gone and my mama, she's my backbone Like every time I fall off, I always go back home Headed down the road to- Hello again, it's Mary Postaway With another episode of Kitchen Table Conversations on KBOO 90.7 FM um, Last month we had uh, had a pretty powerful uh, show um, And I want to, you know, I think um, Delphine might have a uh, who's my engineer might have a couple questions Marshalia is not with us tonight um she's changed her schedule so she's sleeping so 
Oh, I'm sad, but it's just me and Dell. But that's okay. Um, so before I start to talk to Dell about the show last month um, and get into that, there's a couple things that I learned um, uh, recently within this last month that I thought were kind of neat. So I figured I put it out there because I, you know, I'm 45 and I didn't even know these things, so it was kind of fun to learn. Um, but um, before that, uh, there's a, I guess, a warning that I'd like to throw out there. When you see a school bus um, and the lights are flashing, regardless of what way you're going, the rule is if there's not a concrete divider between the the two uh, ways going, then you have to stop. The only way you don't is if there's a concrete divider in, in the middle. And I don't know if a lot of people know that, what the rule is, but when you see a school bus and you see them lights flashing, please stop, because that means the kids are getting on or off the bus. And just for safety, please, you know, um, pay attention to those kind of things. So I just want to throw that out there. Um, <clears throat> and uh, also, I learned a neat little fact I didn't know. Again, I'm <laughs> grown and had no clue the difference between a freeway and a highway. And I learned last night what the difference was. So for all of those who um, may have been a little bit uh, naive when it comes to that um the difference that I learned, and in fact, a couple major differences is freeways have on and off ramps and highways don't. They have like, you know, like a regular street corner that they would turn left or right on. And um, what else did I learn, or, I learn about it? Freeways. Yeah, there's something else and I'll remember. But anyway, so last month we had a show that uh, was a bit it was a little nerve-wracking for me uh, you know as you know those who listen come probably heard me um pause in the middle of it because uh, i was a bit nervous but um you know it, it was an, an important show to me and for those those of you who uh weren't listening or or don't know what i'm talking about um last show i had uh my child one of my children's father on air um and not only was he uh, the father of one of my children he's also my ex-pimp so i had a unique opportunity to be able to speak with him over the phone and um you know kind of my guess give a, a different perspective to what i was going through he spent 15 years in prison um and i kind of wanted to show the then and now of the you know the opposite side of my story so, you know, that's why I did what I did. Plus, it, it, it was a healing thing for me also, in a sense. Um, so, um, yeah. Hey, Mary. Yeah, absolutely. I um, truly enjoyed the conversation last month. And there was a lot of learnings for me. Um, well, I mean, I think the first, le the first thing I want to say is, like, I think a few of the people that I told to beforehand that this is what you were going to do I think like they had an idea that this was going to be maybe like a, a confrontation of some kind that was going to be you know like more like I don't know like screaming or you know <laughs> like what did you do this to me or things right. like that and you just modeled you know like for all of us and I knew it was not going to be like that because I know you you know and I know you were focused on trying to help people understand how change happens in human beings mm -hmm. and so I, I think that it was just you yeah again like you just role model for us like how do you have hard conversations with people who have hurt you mm -hmm. like in tremendous way mm -hmm. and you were really kind because you didn't share with the people before and even now you know all of the things that have happened to you right and and you know you could have put him in a, a, a in a in a much more vulnerable position but you didn't you know you didn't use your power in any kind of way to put him down, you used it to elevate him. And I want to thank you for that because I just never knew that I could actually feel for him. <laughs> 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 While at the same time, I experienced the freedom that came with it for you as mm -hmm. your friend. So I'm also very thankful to have been able to experience this because as you did not give him the power and you did not use your power to make him feel like anything, but you let him own to the fact that it wasn't cool what he did. Right. 
um, you know, and and yeah, because you know there was this hard moment. Okay, there's this time when he said that even though he was really violent and doing all these things, he still loved women, mm-hmm. and that was hard for me to hear. Mm-hmm. You know, but then, um, but then, you know, the way that he. You and him moved in this relationship on the air and how he was absolutely fine with the fact that you became, you know, it was hard for you at one time and we kind of went to music and then I called him back and he was like, that's cool, whatever she needs, whatever time, I'm I'm, I'm just here, I'm, you know. The fact that he was able to like be humble in that way actually started like feeling for him, you know, and I was <laughs> like, wow, he actually might have changed. <laughs> right. Right. I just wanted to say that, you know. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um yeah, he um yeah, he was a piece of work, but you know, I feel like you know, I can't show uh who who I or or, or model who I want to be or model the process that, you know, I feel should happen if I act the same way as the the product or person or thing that you know upset or hurt me and if I belittle him the way that you know people probably thought that I was going to then that just puts me right where he was when he was belittling me you know so I had to put my big girl draws on and um you know have this conversation with him because for like I said then for a long time I was really scared and I didn't know what to do when he was going to come around and I he was a big fear of mine and I really don't have too many fears um so for me to have that conversation with him it was very healing for me um and it showed me that you know I do have a voice and I can um you know at least speak for myself now where I couldn't before or I could have but I didn't whatever the situation may be but you know um I'm glad that it turned out the way that he did. I wasn't I wasn't trying to put him on here to bash him or to make him feel some kind of way. But I wanted the the listeners to understand that even though the situation between me and him wasn't necessarily a good quote good situation, people can't change, you know. And I have to give him the benefit of the doubt to be able to change too. If I can give myself the benefit of the doubt, you know. And if I can't do that, then I everything that I'm you know, trying to say and all of the work that I try to do is not worth anything. So, you know, that's that's why I tried to, you know, let him know, hey, no, it's not even about that. You know, I'm beyond that. I, I already went through my pain and my anger and, you know, my name calling and, you know, he's this and he's the devil. I've already been through the years of torture and torment in my head of what might happen. I already went through all those phases, you know, and now I'm at the phase where I, I gotta move on. I have to mentally let this go. And for him to be able to come onto the show and say some of the things he said, it surprised me. I, I was kind of shocked at some of the things that he said. And it made me feel like, you know, what well, he does see. You know, he can see what he did and what he didn't do. Um, what are some of the things he said that made you feel that way? Well, um, really when he apologized, you know, that's something I did not expect at all. Um, he's a very strong man, you know, strong-willed. And it's like to hear him own his own mistakes and apologize for those. That And, you know, one thing he taught me is you're never sorry. You always apologize. So, you know, I don't want to say, you know, he's sorry because sorry can be taken differently. You know, it can be taken in another way. So for him to apologize to me... Um, wow it was like different that was so that was really different you know um but again it opened my eyes to show me that you know maybe he is starting to learn or you know maybe he learned when he was in prison however it happened it's there the seed was planted and it's growing and that's the important thing you know um and he still has a long way to go just like I do and anybody else um and the fact that he he um he knows what he needs to work on still within himself and he knows where it's hard for him you know what the where the point comes that he's going to need some help working 
You know what I'm saying? Right. That was the part also that I really liked when he talked about his issue is control. Mm-hmm. And that he's, you know, I mean, that, that takes a lot to admit that, that oh, yeah. he wanted to have control over another human being. And, and then he said, now I have a partner and I've learned a new <laughs> word, compromise. <laughs> compromise. Right. <laughs> yeah. That was another thing. Yeah. You know, and he was very much the, the controlling um the one in the relationship but yeah and for him to say that and for then even to go as far as even though he could have dominated the conversation most definitely but um he let me and he let me take control of that and that was completely different also so um for that that's another change that wasn't there before you know however it came about however it got put in his head it was there and that's the important thing so yeah and and then um okay i have two other great moments okay one of my favorite moments is when he actually found joy in the small things like going to the <laughs> grocery store yes. i was like now i do really exciting things like watch football on <laughs> tv and go to the grocery store because it didn't used to be that kind of lifestyle and, and he enjoys it and i thought that that was just so funny and that's true because you know when you live in the lifestyle that we were living it's very fast and even a grocery store trip is like in out real quick it's not you know you don't go rolling around the aisles and oh you want this and maybe this is good let's read you don't do that um it's real quick a lot of fast food so when he said that i was like wow the first thing that popped in my head was this old man who you know is like having fun going grocery shopping all happy that's exactly what i was <laughs> thinking about right and so for him to th- th- that's another thing he can actually um take pleasure in those things where he didn't before and you know it's an it's a different world for him so i'm glad that he's growing and that he's experiencing new things that may not necessarily be new to me or you but something as small and trivial as going grocery shopping is something that you know is amazing for him right yeah right so. which you know I've, <laughs> I've been joking about like what would be a, a great way to like f- be less bored in life you know <laughs> just like <laughs> go grocery shopping <laughs> <laughs> exactly with tea <laughs> Um, okay, and then, of course, like, the most beautiful moment for me was, and I hate that Marcelia is not here, but I've, I've told her that in person, is, um, you know, the fact that she was somewhat reluctant in coming and being part of it uh, because, uh, you know, she just kind of understood the heaviness of mm-hmm. it and also some of the consequences on your anxiety level and your mental health. And I just love that she was able to tell you and to say right there on the air that, that you know, um, she is the one who helps you and, and, and picks up the pieces whenever, you know, maybe... Uh, hard things are going on mm-hmm. and you were able to hear her and thank her for being there for you but also explain to her why that was important for you and right there in live radio she just grew and she was like you're right mom thank you it was really important this was a great conversation you know and and that just you know all made me you know just realize how valuable kitchen table conversation is and how you and Marcelia just continue to just role model for us how to you know just have healthy relationship as a mom and a daughter with very very complex issues that you're dealing with you know this this is just more than just like oh we just argued over who is doing the dishes you know Mm -hmm. this is like really really life things that that are deep and trauma that's just really really hard you know and and the fact that you are making yourself vulnerable on 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 the radio for me you know just makes me just feel you know just so privileged to be a part you know of your life and of this conversation and well and thank be you friend thank you and yeah um well we had talked about that what yesterday i believe it was uh when we went well, grocery we went shopping, shopping. <laughs> we, did. we went grocery shopping did we enjoy it i don't know <laughs> right right um but yeah, it, you know, and, and I know when, when she said that, I know that, you know, she is the one that's there when my mental health falls or something happens and it, it triggers me. She's the one that's there to pick me up. And that's true. And, you know, I completely understand where she's coming from. But in the same note, like you said, 
you know, this was something I needed to do. And it was a healing process for me and a learning process for all of us, you know. And I'm different because of it, you know. And I know I feel it. For, I felt it that night, Mary. For some, they don't see it. They don't know. But for me, I'm a different person now that I've had that show. Because now I know that it's okay. And, and I, I knew that anyway, but now it's more concrete. I Now I know I can do it. Yeah, it's clear he doesn't have the power anymore. Right. The control. Right. And I know that now my whole life is mine again. You know? And that's the important lesson there is I feel like I've gained power back over myself fully. Mm-hmm. And that's exceptional. And Marcia Lee noticed that. And yeah, you know, when you walked out of my car that night, you just were walking differently. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's been a long time and a long, long hard journey. road for me. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I went through a lot, not just with him, but in the whole, you know, situation. I went through a lot. And even now, people in my life, they don't understand because they've never had to deal with things like that. But, you know, it's okay for them not to understand and if they really want to know they'll ask me you know and I don't have a problem with talking about whatever's gone on um but all these years as strong as I've tried to keep there's always been that element that the fear you know and and I couldn't let go of that because I was fearful it was real for me and so yeah, but now it's clear that he he doesn't want anything bad. No, he doesn't to you, and or he's never to ever anybody else. Yeah. It's never been like that before. Mm-hmm. So you know, never have I ever heard those um, positive type words coming from him like that. So now, it, now I will say that does not make me want to like uh, you know we we can be whatever we are now but other than that it's good I've been there done that um but (laughs) however it is you know good to know that he too is learning and and growing and being able to own up to what he's done and you know and um try to make amends as best as he can you can't change what's happened but you can always make your future better and I'm glad to hear that he's done good and yeah, it made me feel really good to have that conversation and to get it out and to um, in a positive way, in a way that wasn't yelling and screaming and accusing and, you know, pointing fingers and getting mad and, you know, it, it nothing gets settled that way. So, oops. So, um, that was me hitting the microphone, by the way. Um, so, yeah. Because you're talking with your hands like I me. do talk with my hands. Um, and so, have you heard from him since? I have. Did he share anything about that experience? He told me he, he enjoyed being on the show. Um, he said, anytime I want to do it again, he will. He's willing to. Um, I haven't really talked about how he's felt personally with it because we don't, our communication is kind of, you know, we don't have a lot of communication between each other. But on the air is good. <laughs> yeah. You know, and maybe that'll change just because of the fact that, you know, um, we're both grown up now, I guess you could say. Who knows what happens in the future? Um, I just know how I feel right now, and I feel a lot better, and I feel more vindicated, I guess you could say, or whatever the word may be, but I feel like I can breathe better. You know, that that weight has been lifted off of me and that fear has been turned into a positive light. And that's great for me. You know, that makes me feel really good. Um, But don't get me wrong. There's always that lingering doubt in the back of my head, you know, and. Yeah, you have that history with him. Right. And it's real. it, It just comes from the trauma and all of the things that happened. And, you know, even though I can forgive, I'll never forget. You know, and the only way for somebody to move forward in their lives is to forgive. You don't have to forget. It's never going to leave your mind. It's always going to be there. But you can't hold it in your heart. You just can't do it because it causes so much pain to you and so much anger and uh, frustration and all of the extracurricular things that come with that negativity. And it weighs down on you. And it changes your life, literally. And so, you know, to have all that gone is great, you know. Yeah, it is great. Yeah, it is. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, 
maybe in the future we'll have other conversations uh, with him or other people, you know, that may have been involved uh, with that whole situation. And I don't know if we'll get into more depth with it or whatnot, but which would be fine with me too. Um, I didn't get into too much depth with him that time, uh, just simply because, you know, I wasn't trying to put him out there like that. Um, not that it's a secret, but I just, this wasn't to condescend him or make him feel some kind of way. It was just for information. Um, and just so that people can hear the other side of the story. Um, there's always three sides to a story, you know, they say. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's and the truth. Right. So, you know, but. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I do have a song pulled up if you wanted to do Ordinary People. And also I found the young lady that you um, you were talking about. Yeah, let's, uh, let's listen to her. Her name. Her? Okay. Yeah. Her name, I, I, you know, I don't want to get it wrong, but I want to say it's Flage. Flage. Um, and so she was on uh, America's Got Talent. Yes. Yeah. So that um, is the clip that I have. Okay. So this girl, I had actually, it, and you know, I don't necessarily watch that show, but I had was going through the the TV, and it was her that was on there, and they were talking about the the violence, the gun violence, and you know, things like that. So I listened. They said she had an original song, um, and I believe it was written to her father. I'm not for sure. I can't remember if it was her father or brother, but um, it got my heart. So here's Flage. I, I hope that's right. And it's called Put Your Guns Down. Welcome to Who Are You? I'm Flage. That's a cool name. Where are you from? I'm from Savannah, Georgia. And how old are you? I'm 14. I'm 14? Oh, wow. Okay, and who are you here with today? I'm here with my mom. So why have you decided to come on America's Got Talent? First off, I'm a rapper. I rap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I started off because before I was born, my father, he was a rapper. Yeah. And um, he died before I was born, so he couldn't really fulfill his dream. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm here to do. For him, good. And this is something which you've written yourself? Yes, I wrote it. I was scared. I was like, I don't know if I should put this out because I don't know if they're ready yet. <laughs> well, if you feel passionate about it, yes. this is exactly what you should be doing. Yes. Okay, so good luck with rooting Thank for you. Conversations. That was Flage with her America's Got Talent, um, I guess, uh, tryout or whatever they call it. Um, I picked that for a reason. 
because most of the time when you hear the shows that I do, we talk a lot about the school shootings and things that have gone on. Um, and recently, there's been a lot of shootings here um, in, in our area. Um, and that, that rap, that girl hit me in my heart with that, um, knowing that she, sa- she sang that for her father, she rapped that for her father, um, whom she never met. And because of the gun violence, that's why he's dead. And, you know, it shows you that our younger generation, you know, they're hurting. Um, They're seeing their friends and their families die for reasons that are unnecessary. Um, And I felt like everybody needed to hear that because it's so powerful and she was 14 years old and to hear her young mind think the way it was thinking and and to you know be able to articulate the way she felt about what happened um i feel like more young people uh could find that avenue to be able to maybe do the same thing for themselves um so that's why i had her play that uh you know if you didn't get to listen to it um she was on America's Got Talent. I'm not sure exactly what day, but you can look it up on America's Got Talent. She's a wonderful little girl. Um, I hope that she goes far in life. She's, it, it, yeah. yeah. This was pretty recent, yeah. it seems, yeah. I think it was like the last show or the show before yeah. that. And I just found that on YouTube by just typing up her Her name is spelled F-L-A-U apostrophe G-A-E. Yes. And um, Lage, we said it right. J-A-E. J-A-E, you're yeah. right. Um, Flage. So, yeah, and you know, honestly, it's not it's not often that um, something like that I I take to heart. You know, I'm not a big rap person, but when I heard this um, and the message behind it, I I just had to I had to um, share it with everybody. It just was so powerful. I just loved that little rap that she made. Um, so, you know, if anybody out there and it gets to her, Flage. I hope you go somewhere one day and you are going to be the icon that you want to be. Um, so there it is there from Kitchen Table Conversations on KBOO <laughs> FM 90.7. Okay, so we have a visitor. Um, Christopher came in. How are you doing? Pretty good. Good. Um, I invited him to come in if he wanted to come in and sit in the in the studio with me while I, while I talked because my daughter is not here. She's sleeping, so. Are you still recording? <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm on air. Oh, okay. It's all good. You can if you want to. Um, chime in anytime you want. So, um, you know, I'm not a political person, and I, I w- wasn't really following the races per se, and I don't know whether or not the the things passed or not. Um, but I would like to know if anybody knows if the the measures passed or didn't pass. Or what the outcomes of the race besides the governor's race I know how that it that went um, you can call in and let me know because I don't know and I would like to know um, so um, let me see what else oh the immigrant law yeah I want to know what other people think about that me and my daughter were talking about this and um, God, Trump is such he's such a hypocrite um, the immigration thing what you know I'm gonna ask you Christopher what do you think this sounds like? He's saying that if you are born here and your parents were not and they're immigrants here and they're not legal or whatever, that you cannot be a citizen even though you're born here. What do you think? Do you think he has the power to do that? Man, that guy, you know what? He he does those executive orders like you did on Standing Rock and just letting that pipeline go through mm-hmm. even though the pipeline was illegal to begin with and he don't care man he, you know he's gonna try <laughs> yeah because yeah, um, he's like really paranoid against uh, people of color you know because yeah. his insecurity that's what uh, whiteness is about you know right white, you, you, you feel insecure white fragilities and you know it's like now you know they think that he's scared of them scared of people mm-hmm. people of color and you know I think it's hypocritical because you know his wives were immigrants and illegal 
um, at, in the beginning. And I just think that how, you know, I don't, it, it it's saying it, you're contradicting himself. That's what it is. He's contradicting, contradicting himself. Um, and I brought the immigration law up because, you know, uh, me and my family, we have an integrated family and a lot of my daughter's friends are Hispanic and uh, some of them come from, um, families who, you know, immigrated here. Um, some of them may not be legal per se or whatever or in the process. And, you know, it, there's real fear out there for these young people who come from parents um, who aren't legal, but they were born here. There's fear out there now. There's kids running around and scared. They're afraid that they're going to be, you know, taken away from their parents or whatever. And, you know, in my opinion, he's creating more chaos than, than not by signing this order. Um, so I hope it doesn't go through. I don't know if it did, but I hope it doesn't. Man, I can just imagine those uh, people that were born here, those kids, you know, it's like. Right. This is what they've known. This yeah. is their home. You know, yeah. I mean. I've seen documentaries of uh, people that were deported back to, you know, their homelands and stuff like that. And and a lot of them were just like pretty much just lost. Mm -hmm. You know, one guy goes over to the wall where uh, he's a vet. Vietnam vet or something like that, uh, Iraq vet. Then he goes over to that wall and he just stands there and he stares and on the other side is, you know, it's like his wife and family and everybody's over there and he's over right. here, you know. It's like pretty heartbreaking to me. It is very heartbreaking, you know. Um, and I believe in the I believe in the people. I hope that my belief is right and they won't let that pass because it's just outrageous to me. Um, so, um, I want to jump on something a little bit more positive real quick. I want to, Thanksgiving is around the corner. You know, I think it's the 22nd this month. But uh, I have a couple tips for people out there because I found myself in the last couple, I mean, maybe two Thanksgivings, I found myself ill-prepared um, for dinners and things like that. So, I have a couple quick um, tips for those out there. Uh going the week so you know right now you have quite a bit of time um, to get what you need to get done for Thanksgiving so in my opinion and here's my tips for this first week or the rest of this first week take it to make your lists of everything that you're gonna need your guests your food you know where you want to put everything how you want to cook everything um, you know make sure you've got all the utensils that you're gonna need uh, things like that go and get your food go get everything prepared you know um and then in the second week things that can be uh you know i like to marinate some of my meats for at least 24 to 48 hours sometimes so you can do all that in that last you know week and a half or so you can start making the preparations for all of that you know make sure you're you got to move your furniture around because you have a lot of people then get that taken care of make sure all your uh, pre-food things are done like your slices are cut your wedges are cut for your salads you know your lettuce is torn up or whatever you decide to do and then you know a couple days before time you can prepare things like the pasta for your macaroni salads if you make that or the potatoes for your potato salad man you're making me hungry man I'm hungry <laughs> <laughs> you know so then that way when the day comes and it's Thanksgiving, you don't have to worry about running out and grabbing something that you forgot to do because you've already had this two and a half or so weeks to to prepare for it. So, you know, don't put your stuff off till the very last minute, I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, be prepared. I am going to be prepared this time, and I was told to bring a turkey, so I will be bringing the turkey this year. So, yes, turkey for this year. Last year, the turkey wasn't done in time. So we were kind of bummed about that, but you know it is what it is. Um, I don't hold I don't hold Thanksgiving at my house. We go to Grandma's house. You know she she's usually the one that does all the cooking. But lately I've been finding myself having to cook. And Sometimes then, I go down to the um, the Art Institute on uh, Christmas, or you know go over to uh, St. Francis you know on Thanksgiving. You know mm -hmm. it's like they always need volunteers and stuff. You know. Oh yeah, I didn't even yeah. think about that. That'd be a good place for me to take my son. Yeah. Yeah, he needs those life lessons. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so those are my little quick tips for Thanksgiving. Um, 
I don't know how many people out there th- celebrate Thanksgiving, but I just kind of go to grandma's house because it's Thanksgiving and she cooks food. <laughs> yeah, I usually <laughs> go there myself because I don't have family. You know, if I had family here, if my kids were here or something, man, I'd probably go do something. But yeah. since there's only just me, yeah, I go down there, hang out, and you know, absolutely, be, I would because of energy. You know, it's like who wants to stay home by themselves? You know, on a Thanksgiving or a Christmas. You know? Yeah. Something going on out there, man. I try to be out there. And absolutely. And try not to think about it, you know. Absolutely. That's another thing that I wanted to talk about. Um, it's the holiday season. And you know, with the holiday season comes uh, a lot of depression for people. Um, and I want to talk about that because, you know, one of my disabilities is uh, manic depressive. So, you know, I, I understand what it's like to go through that. Um, and the holiday season comes and, you know, people feel hopeless. There's people out there, they feel like they can't do things for their kids. You know, they don't have the right resources or whatever it may be. And, you know, I want people to know that me and my family have started something new. And I did this because I try to teach my children gratefulness. We don't do Christmas like a traditional Christmas. What we've decided to do is at the beginning of the year, every year, we get a traditional Christmas stocking or a regular sock that's long, and we put just things that um, we would want to give, you know, my sister or my my daughter or just little things. Um, And it doesn't have to be store-bought. It can be things that you've made. You know, um, people go and they have those little rocks that they paint, put little messages on it, and you find them. I found one of those. You could put one of those in there. You know, just little things, little things for memories and things like that. And you put them in the stocking, and that's what you do. And when you open the the stocking or the sock, the things that are in there mean things. And then you you have that space to have the the positive conversation with your family without having to worry about spending a lot of money without having to worry about you know um well i didn't get this and i didn't get that because it shows your kids that you know you don't have to have a lot of money to be grateful for the things that you have um you know some some people practice when their children open up their toys then it's time for them to take one of their gifts and gift it to somebody else and that shows them sharing and things like that so you know whatever kind of little you know I don't know I, I do I, I do the Christmas thing like that not I can't even say it's Christmas the new year thing and it brings in the new year and it shows you the positivity of the past year or however long that you've been around your friends and quote-unquote family well, um, makes them appreciate family because it does. a lot of kids you know don't have family out there. absolutely and like I said though family Blood doesn't make you family. It does not. Blood makes you related. It does not make you family. Love makes you family. Right. Acceptance makes you family. Trust and it's honesty. It's not about the stockings and all that. It's more about no. the love. It's about the love and it's about the memories. And, you know, some people will think, oh, no, that's not right. But those are the people that need the lesson. You know, those are the people that need to be grateful for the things that they have. You know, the the clay ashtray that you know you got two years ago from your kindergartner that is sitting on top of something gathering dust you know he might want to take that so you can remember he's a little first grader now he wants to come and show you this is what i made for you you never use it makes you appreciate the fact that he made you a little clay ashtray that you just put away and didn't even think about until he said mom what did you do with that clay ashtray here it is i remember when i was a kid i was growing up in a in a under Dene Navajo Res, I was in a boarding school, and every you know, like like before school is out, they always had these uh, one day where you can uh, in your church, whatever church you had, it was mandatory to go to church on Sunday. I don't know Seventh Day Adventist, Christian Reform, Catholic, Jehovah Witness, Mormonism, you know, all those man. The, the board, the federal boarding school had it, you know. And I used to get in this line, and I got tired of just getting, like, a little small sack from, you know, my mom signed me up as a Catholic. I don't mm-hmm. even know what it was. You know, I didn't even know the difference between the religions and stuff. One thing I knew was on Christmas was that the Christian Reform gave bigger sacks of candy. Mm-hmm. And I said, man, you know what, I'm going I'm going to go over there instead of being I'm a Christian. Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a Christian. I'm not a Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I 
that's what I remember as you know, as a little kid. But you know, there's um a lot of native uh, kids. You know, they like especially uh, Pine Ridge. They're always like having these toy drives. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When um, I was in school, when I was in elementary school, I was really big on that. You know, I wanted to. My dad worked for this company that made like plastic, the little plastic beads that you make milk jugs and stuff like that with. Mm-hmm. And they would come in these big, huge crates or bins. They're round bins and they're big. And I would have my dad bring them from work so that I could take them to my school and have people donate stuffed animals and things like that so that I could take them yeah. to, you know, the hospitals or whatever. Put a and big smile on those kids. It know? did. And, you know, I've always been that kind of person. So when my kids were growing up, um, you know, when they were younger, I'd like to give them a nice Christmas. They were happy and, and whatever. And then as they started to learn and get older, it started to get smaller and smaller and smaller. And now that they're older, my son is 16. And, you know, yeah, the, the whole Christmas thing, we don't we don't celebrate Christmas like that. You know, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, have some food, you know, whatever. But the whole monetary part of it is what we've cut out. Um, because yeah we could go out there and do that sure but you know my kids have what they need they have all the things that they like they you know in my family my daughter likes to say that christmas is every day because no matter what it's gonna it's gonna happen you know my my son wants something it might not happen that day but we're gonna work hard to get whatever it is the christmas tree up and the lights outside on that's funny (laughs) because i have a friend who still has her christmas tree up from last year i'm like oh my goodness That's hilarious. I've done that one time. I left my tree because it was so pretty. It was just, it was when I first got my first artificial tree and I, I decorated it with white and gold. It was a white tree and it was so pretty and I had bows and by the time the end of the year came, it wasn't so pretty anymore. All the bo- the bows had been falled off. The dog got to part of the tree. The cat done attacked the candy canes. and Oh yeah, it was horrible. But yeah, that, that was My cat thing. used to live on the Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> he stayed up there between the tree branches. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to stay right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I never got, I when I've been on my own, I didn't get regular Christmas trees because, you know, I'm lazy and I didn't want to pick up after them. You know, all the, the needles and stuff that fell, that, that would drive me crazy. Like, it would drive me absolutely nuts to have to pick those things up. So, I I decided to get an artificial tree. And then everybody's like, ooh, you don't like real cheese. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, but go ahead and clean your mess up. <laughs> so I don't have to. A couple of years ago, I was at the art museum. I was giving away dog food and, uh, you know, like th- these uh, stores donated all kinds of like dog food and, you know, dog toys, you know, the, the, the little toys that they, and then harnesses and <laughs> leashes. And yeah, if you have a dog, go down there, you know. And I then do. they give you a bag <laughs> of, uh, uh, dog cat food too mm-hmm. you can have a lot of stuff for cats do they give you food my dog doesn't eat dog food i'm trying to get her to like real food like she refuses to eat dog food I, yeah i feed her chicken breast and ham hocks uh, i'd probably <laughs> eat some turkey <laughs> i i feed her chicken chicken breast or whatever without the bone mm-hmm. and ham hocks and and um ham shank and carne asada meat she's spoiled rotten she eats better than i do Yes, yeah, so there's a lot of stuff over there for animals. I mean, by the time it was done, I still had a lot of stuff too. I started giving people two or three of them, and say, "Oh hey, yeah, take all these." I'm we're, a, we're gonna close here in about thirty minutes, and we still have all this stuff right here. Oh man, I um, yeah, you know how some people are like a big shoe person or whatever, whatnot, and I collect for my dogs, you know, leashes and collars, matching leashes and collars, and it's just one this thing for me. I don't know what it is, but I just gotta get her different. You know, new leash and collar. Oh, it's a new set. Woo! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so I get all excited and whatever, whatnot. When she gets a new leash and a collar, I'm all happy. And she's all waiting. Yeah, she don't know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it was very interesting experience sitting there. You know, I was like, man, I was just seeing all these like, homeless people mm-hmm. who had dogs and going in there. You know, and yeah, it. Yeah, I've sometimes I wonder how you know but how they take care of their animals when you are homeless but then i got my dog and i'm not homeless 
but the way that she eats my food, I'm like, oh, well, I'll just share my food with her because she refuses to eat dog food, absolutely refuses to eat dog food. <laughs> and she will, she loves, you know, I give her a brand new ham hock and she'll go and find a bone that she done chewed on and buried, you know, a week and a half ago instead of eating the brand new ham hock that I gave her. She'll go bury it somewhere and then eat the bone that she had before and then like in the next week, then go find her ham hock and eat it. I'm like, ooh, you're gross. Why would you do that? That's disgusting. But that's how she does it, and, oh, I guess. Okay, so now I guess I can, I can understand how people can feed their dog when they're on the streets because they just eat regular food. You know, just eat whatever. Yeah, go to take yeah. out some food from the shelters. Yeah, they have a program or a commercial that keeps coming on. It's uh, about like the ugly foods, the foods mm -hmm. that restaurants and stuff don't use. Yeah, and um, it's funny because like it's a uh, like one of them little cart food carts, mm -hmm. and it's called uh, junk food, and and so that's what attracts people: junk food, boo, on the side of the thing, and under the plate of food, after you eat all the food, there's a message on there saying that this food was you know going to be thrown away, or you know was no good to so such and such restaurants. And they're like, this was not good food. And they're like, no. So they show a carrot that's like bent and it's, you know, it grows straight and then it turns to left and then it and it's just not pretty. But it's a perfectly good carrot. It's just not pretty. So that's what they use to make the food. And I'm watching these commercials. I see it pop up and I'm like, I wanna go get ugly fruit. I wanna go get ugly fruit and ugly vegetables. That's what I wanna buy now. I don't even wanna buy regular fruit and vegetables. I wanna go get the ugly fruit and vegetables. That's what I'll be doing tomorrow. Yeah? Yeah, over at the Quest. I don't know if you ever heard of it. It's on Burnside. Mm -mm. Whole Foods don donates all these outdated, you know, like food or the, if it's going outdated that day you mm -hmm. know, the, or uh, the vegetables is kind of like even the, you just have to cut off the side yeah. of that. Right. And then tomorrow night we're having a community night where we feed the community and the clients, the people mm -hmm. that go to that clinic. And we, I just go there and cut the vegetables and cut off all these bad parts, and I, you know, get crates from uh, Whole Foods and bring them over. It's like a half a block away, mm -hmm. and we dump it over there, and whatever's left, you know, like foods, mm -hmm. breads, or whatever, we just leave them outside for people to come by and come pick and them up. And they're pretty good stuff too, you know. Yeah. Whole Foods gives away organic, uh, what do you call that, gluten-free breads, mm -hmm. and you know, it's like. Well, you figure, you know. Whole grain bread, wheat breads. I go shopping and I get my little vegetables and I put them in the refrigerator and. Maybe I don't use them right away. You know, maybe it takes a week or so. And then there might be a little spot on it that's getting kind of soft. I just cut it off. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's an ugly... F now, I'm not going to say, oh, I don't want to use that whole red pepper because it's got a soft spot. <laughs> you know, I mean... So, you know, it, it. that's another thing that I want to start doing. It's the wasting of the food. You know, I am so big on don't waste food. Um, because I've been hungry before. I've I've been, like, hungry. Not just, oh, I'm hungry, I'm not full. No, I've been hungry. These and stores, they've been throwing away a lot of food. Yes. They should be like donating it to like poor Abs people or absolutely. You know, shelters and stuff like that. Or even have a program where you can cook it, you know, just cook the, the food and then, you know, give it. If you don't, if you don't want to put the, the food out or whatever, you know, maybe give it to a restaurant that can cook it up real quick and give it to the community or something, you know, instead of wasting it. So, um, yeah, I just. That's what we need all our, like, um, our frontline warriors to be out there you know, absolutely with a lot of intelligence you know that you know, lawyers guild or you know just common people you know protesting and setting something up something up with the city you know mm -hmm. like, hey man maybe we can get this uh law passed where people just don't throw away food absolutely you know because i mean i can understand if it's really gross but you know there's a lot of food that gets wasted oh my goodness so much and so many people could be fed by it you know, and good stuff, stuff that I wouldn't even be able to afford to buy, you know, or, or anybody, you know, we're talking about good things. I don't shop at Whole Foods. I can't afford that. I cannot afford the whole organic thing, and I can't afford that. So, I mean, yeah, I want it too, you know, and yeah. quit throwing it away. I like the um, the the wheat breads and the whole grain breads because, uh, you know, I'm a diabetic. So My son likes that kind of know, stuff kinda too. I'm like forced to buy, you know, like, expensive groceries just Ooh. to you know not get keep from getting diabetes you know? isn't that crazy yeah they want you to eat good but yeah. then they 
label everything. $5 for just a little piece of apple, you know? Right, Jeez. right. But you pay 50 cents for a candy bar. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, well, it's about six minutes before I go. Um, I just want to put a couple things out there in people's ears. Um, you know, we need to start loving one another. Um, and we need to remember that our earth is, you know, this is, it's like our feet. This is our, our earth is our, our stand, our stability, and we're killing it um, slowly but surely, even faster nowadays. So let's be mindful of the things that, you know, we throw away, the, the types of things that, that we put in our trash, the types of foods that we throw away. You know, let's be mindful of the people around us. If you If you know that you're one of those people that ends up throwing away a lot of things maybe maybe one day a week or twice a week take those things that you would normally throw away and make a soup and go give it to a homeless person or go give it to somebody uh, a young a youth on the street that you you know maybe know doesn't have somewhere to go or is hungry or donate them to a school you know naya they make their own food it, they don't run on the portland public school food um thing so they have to make their own food so you know maybe donate it to them or something or get a, a you know your neighbors or whatever to make a meal one day and go to a school and feed the children there or something along those lines instead of just throwing it away um another thing you can your bones when you have meat your bones are very very valuable you know you can take those bones and break them in half and boil them and get the marrow out of them and it's very nutritious and it's really good you can use that the bone marrow and stuff for gravies and soups and you know even uh, dressings for your salads and other meats so that's another way that you can not waste things um you know just take those and, and and make the broth out of it you can freeze it you know and you can use that broth for all kinds of different stuff um you know maybe pay attention to the things that you buy like you know i like to eat um uh fried deep fried shrimp but I make my own. Instead of going and buying it for $10 a box, I go and I use pancake mix and I mix up some pancake mix and I dip my shrimp and I fry it up and I got the exact same thing. You know, put a little paprika in it, it's good. So those are a little bit of things that you can do um, to cut down on the waste that we have and help the environment a little bit. Um, you know, use re reusable bags, um, things along those lines, stop throwing trash in the, in the water. Um, you know all those different things and you know a little bit goes far when we all do something small you know it doesn't have to be huge you don't have to be you know humanitarian of the year all the time just <laughs> the little differences make a difference you know the little the little things do so remember that and love one another and you know pay attention to our youth because um they're our future and you know, oh, and by the way, hopefully to all my listeners, I might be having a class at POIC, so I'm excited. Yay, a life skills class. So we'll see how that goes. So that's being said, with all that, um, I want to bid you guys an adieu, good night, and everyone out there love one another. This is Kitchen Table Conversations on KBOO 90.7 FM. Stuff's been heavy on my mind and heavy on my chest lately, so. Look at the world around us, man, it's crashing and it's burning Got me praying to the Lord for better days and deep discernment I'm not nosy, I'm observant I acknowledge I ain't perfect Trying to turn the other cheek and trying to be the bigger person But it's easier to say it. it's all reflecting in my head No more dwelling on the past and being worried about what's next It's like I'm on my last breath in But a noose around my neck in. and it's A and A to reach his A's It really is a blessing Oppression and depression got me stressing with this lesson Is God trying to tell me something? If he is, then what's the message? I'm trying to get this money for my brother who's a college kid Crying to myself like thank the Lord Lord God, he really did it. Leading by example wasn't hard, and plus I dated women. Taught them all I know, and two years later, I'm an auntie figure. Now what's the difference if I'm sending in this contradiction? Trying to right my wrongs, but I go left and miss the whole picture. Hazy vision, cause I'm blazing, hanging in the trenches. Praying that I make it, yes, they're living in the same conditions. That's far-fetching, double-minded, having double standard. Double temptation in my face, my kryptonite is damaged. They say, if you knew better, you would do better. 
But I know I'm still living up and do whatever My daddy's gone and my mama, she's my backbone Like every time I fall off, I always go back home Headed down the road of truth for death up in my rear view It's time to make a change, the end of days is coming up soon Raised to be a Christian, but was bred to be a goon Was taught from the streets, but I never learned from school Now it's time to pay my dues with my head held high Cause in reality, we all just living to die So I'm ten toes down, trying to steer from my demise Daily claiming that I'm cool, but you can see it in my eyes Hey, as time flies, I think I'm learning from my every move To make it in this life, you gotta sacrifice and lose that's the truth, if I'm lying you can stop me now I'm standing tall so you can never ever break me down God got me, you don't, you a lying, he won't You a fake and he can't, and that's the friend that I want You non-believers, I don't get it, you say he's a fraud Yet every time you get in trouble, you say oh my God Would you die for everybody to have a clean slate Or get beaten until we couldn't recognize your face Now I don't think so, it's time to wake up And look around because the devil's trying to take us I know I'm not perfect, but tell me who is You couldn't judge me if you wanted, lead to judging the hit I know I'm going on the whim to get the ignorant to listen God gave me your word, now it's time to do my mission I don't get it, is my pigment such a bad thing? Are we in our last days or a bad dream? This world is contribution, so confusing and it's complex We living just to die, so I'm wondering am I next? Yeah.